the discussion that Kurzweil brings up is part of a larger and older, a bit of an older discussion too with cosmism. I know that I know that mm-hmm. Emil Torres kind of talks about the Tesseral package, but and how all these ideas are kind of coming out of a fundamentally anti-human thread. But the anti-human threads do have different timelines. They have different resonances. They have different roots in um, that that direct where they're going. You know, some of them are fascistic, some of them are religious, some of them are mystical. Some of them are reactionary. Some of them are misguided in attempts at some post-religious liberatory, you know, vision, right? And and Kurzweil's is more connected to cosmism, to these weird mystics, than the modern ones, which are like worshiping uh, technology, worshiping motion, worshiping progress, worshiping, you know, which we all recognize as like this was the you know the, the the some of the original manifestos for fascism were worshiping the speed and the purity of the motion of the technological objects right and then building up from there and i mm. think that's kind of where i see a division right you have the one branch which is kind of more you know interested in these weird mystical humanistic questions and maybe giving silly answers but that's what the ultimate concern is right you had the russian cosmists who were like we're gonna we're, we should make museums into things where you can collect every artifact that a person has ever interacted with so that when they come back to life you can do a complete copy of them and slowly reintegrate them into life or you know just build a holistic picture of them that's a vi- that's silly we're not gonna do that but you can see you can see the human concern in there versus whatever the fuck these people are trying to talk about today where we're just going to train 300 trillion souls in the matrix when we turn jupiter into matriosha brain you know <laughs> it, it almost it almost feels like a uh effective accelerationism is is just a form of russian cosmicism but without the pores more or less yeah. it's just yeah. like ideology of like pushing forward you know it's where the eugenics comes into play it's like we have the money we make the rules we want our ancestors to live on in this utopia that we're creating now by pushing everything forward faster than we should you know who else did that you know who else did that charles manson yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you sat down a cosmist and an effective accelerationist and really pressed them, I do think that while the cosmist would say we should bring back every person who has ever lived because it's a tragedy that every person who has ever lived hasn't gotten to live the way that they want, the effective accelerationist would probably say that most people who have ever lived should not live because mm-hmm. they didn't get to live the lives that they should have because they grew up in whatever era that gave them crazy ideas about how they should live or values that I don't desire or want anyone to have. And that it's not about preserving or uplifting humanity. It's about perpetuating a very narrow group of people in their sense of what people should look like and feel like and think like and be like. Yeah. I, I mean, I think doing this kind of this, this genealogy of these uh, post-human philosophies uh, that have come out of Silicon Valley over the last, you know, 30 years or so is really interesting because I think it also really shows a, uh, a develop uh, alongside it uh, in parallel or driving it, uh, whatever the relationship might be. Like it shows also a development in terms of like the, very explicit 
motivations and drivers of Silicon Valley and how they are getting more and more and more and increasingly, increasingly more um, fascistic, violent. Not to say, of course, that's always been part of that. I mean, we're talking about like Mark Andreessen, a new kid on the block, right? Like he was an original, uh, you know, fucking entrepreneur and founder for, you know, with Netscape, right? And like, so the, like this ain't, he's been around, but I think it is interesting to see the philosophical development uh, corresponding as well with political ideals and, and like explicit political aims. Um, you know, this is not to give singularitarianism a pass. Like, of course, like we have taken it to task plenty in the, in our show, um, and with good reason, but I think it is interesting to draw these distinctions. Like, you know, when, before when we've talked about the, this earlier stage of kind of post-humanism, like Kurzweilian post-humanism, which was also really concerned um, and interested in the possibilities of like, you know, GNR, they called it, right? Like genetics, nanotechnology, and robotics as the kind of driving force of human progress. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. Like before, when we've talked about it, we uh, I've brought up one of my favorite articles on this, which is by uh, Joel Dienerstein, um, called "On the Verge of Posthuman," right? Technology and its discontents, and that that article kicks off with, I think, just a, a really killer, succinct summation where he says, you know, technology is the American theology, right? Like technology is the American God. Um, and and that's, that's a lot of the argument in this article is kind of taking a very like theological analysis of this, like of this technological post-humanism. But I think that's not the case with something like effective accelerationism, right? Like, no, capitalism is American theology. Technology is just the means to get there. 